for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. There we go. All right, fellas. We're back. It is the women's recap for Junior World Championships. Six-pack lap it at. We got Gavin Aaron back. And um, I also wanted to give a note. We're going to have Tori on. And Tori's done like preview shows with us before. She was at the Junior World Championships. Tori fucking told me that she went to Amsterdam after Turkey doing some traveling. And she doesn't know if she got food poisoning or what. Because I was messaging her and she's still in Amsterdam. And she was like, let me see when I get home. I might be in for this. When she was in Amsterdam, she said um, she got so sick from food poisoning, but wasn't even sure if it was her appendix. Went to the hospital at the, at the airport. And they were like, um, this might be your appendix. And if it's your appendix, I don't know if you guys have like had a buddy who ever had like an appendix situation or maybe you have, it'll explode. Like you could die from this. And they're like, it's either your appendix or severe food poisoning. And Tori's like, difficult for me to even tell you how bad the pain was. So she's like forced with the decision. Do I stay back in this hospital in Amsterdam or and miss my flight and deal with all of that? Or do I board the plane and try to muscle my way through this? She boarded the plane. <laughs> and Jesus. she said... As soon as that son of a bitch took the air, she was in tears and was like, holy fuck, I think I might have made the wrong decision. Because <laughs> if it's your appendix, there's no just like, you can't land in the Atlantic and do surgery or whatever. There, is there a doctor in the house? There, <laughs> the, this isn't going to happen, bro. If it, if it is appendix, you're dead, first off. But even if it's not appendix, and I don't think it is, because she's... I mean, she, she, spoiler alert, she lived. Okay, she's, she's in it. <laughs> what, what, what's the update? Yeah, Gavin, Gavin's like, Gavin's like, hang on, hang on. Did she die, yo? I was like, I got to publish stories. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin's like, because you got to get to the boy. You got to smile on you. It's better end properly. Uh, because if she dies, I go, yeah, no, she's dead. Um, so anyways, yada, yada, let's move into the women's uh, 47s. So <laughs> I just move it along. Here's a quick update. So Tori died and a friend of the podcast. And um, no, she, she lived, but um, she said it was like a really tough. It was the worst possible. She was crying. You want to talk eight hours and you're like, oh, it's cramped. I don't feel good on this flight. She was like, it's the worst trip of my life. She's like, I like literally the entire way. I was like, were you alone? Because everything's better when you're with someone else. She's like, I was alone. I was like, people like, are are you fucking okay? Like, what is happening with this lady over here? Um, I think she's a mule. I think a bag broke inside of her. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? I was going to say, yeah, good thing it's a, it's not a bad ending because I was going to make a joke too that you were going to get Rory on this episode too, but Rory's flying back home. But good thing you have Rory number two with us here for the podcast. What do you mean Rory number two? How many times did you call Gavin Rory? Oh, <laughs> only twice. Only twice. You know what? I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you caught that, Arian. Yeah, dude. Like how many people have? <laughs> Frig, I don't know why I kept doing that. 
<laughs> but yeah, Rory couldn't make it either because he was flying back. Uh, same deal. They stayed late. I'm like, I'm like, Gavin doesn't look anything like Rory. Why is absolutely he nothing like Rory. But Rory was on the platform, so I'm looking at Rory, and then I just say it. Anyways, I don't know, man. I was sleep deprived, and it was a long freaking. <laughs> Bear with me, gentlemen. Bear with me. Uh, but anyway, so we're gonna do the forty. The we'll start off with the women's, like we normally do. We'll start off with the lightest weight classes as I pull up the women's in the forty-three kilo juniors. Um, I'll just spit off the one, two, three, because there wasn't much battles. There was three ladies and Alessandra Gentilucci or Gentilucci of Italy taking the gold with a 300 kilo total, um, team India Laxmi taking the silver medal. And then quite a bit of ways behind that was Kazakhstan Elvira taking the bronze in the 47s though, Canada's own, um, already win. Going, is this a perfect? It is. No, she missed her her last uh, bench press. But going eight for nine, winning the gold medal with a 385.5 kilo total and with a pretty decent spread, just shy of 40 kilos on the next competitor. But the biggest highlight of the 47 kilo junior class, she closed the show with a junior world record 170.5 kilo pull. And that world record belonged to none other than the Open World Championship's best lifter, French Phenom Turbo Tiff. So whenever you can take a world record off of a lifter, especially of Turbo Tiff's caliber, it's a hell of a way to cap the show, taking the gold medal for Canada. Um, Carvalho from Brazil taking the silver with a 347 and a half. And Marta Scuderi of Italy taking a 337.5, netting the bronze medal. And there's a pretty big spread 10 kilos between silver and bronze and a big spread between silver and gold. So no major battles in the 43s, no major battles in the uh, 47s, but in the 52s, we had, it got, things got a little more dicey. Things got a little more closer and there's a bit more of, it was more contested of the 52s coming in. We knew a couple of these ladies, um, the aforementioned Rory obviously handles and coaches Donna Yee Lee from New Zealand and we knew she was quality. Olivia Kiosti of Finland knew she was quality. And obviously Camille from France, a rising star. Let me say something about Camille. In the 52s, she started powerlifting in 2022. And already she's hit a 405 kilo total. 425 is a silver medal at the Open World Championships. I don't even know. What, what are we looking at in terms of, um, what is a 405 there? If I could pull up some results here, gentlemen. But anyways, four or five at Worlds. You mean at, at Open, Open Worlds? Worlds? Yeah, it would have been a sixth place. Holy shit! Is that a huge spread between silver and that's how contested the fifty twos are. But uh, nevertheless, so as a as a, a junior who's only been powerlifting for like six months, she's doing some crazy shit. Netted herself the gold medal um, overall with a three hundred and ninety eight kilo total. Um, and behind her. So if we're looking at this and I made some notes here, so I want you to pay attention, Arian, cause you're my guy in terms of the, uh, final polls here. So Olivia pulled, uh, she pulled 165 as well, but she has the lower lot number. So she would have pulled first. So she ended off the 392 first. And then that, so that's why she wouldn't have gone up anymore. Um, 
So then Camille had the opportunity to pull after her. So that's why it looked the way it looked there, right? Because Olivia would have needed, even if she got her last pull, she would have been just one kilo shy, but she pulled first because of the lot number. However, Donna pulled 172.5 and definitely pulled after, but I think they would have been half a kilo off of winning gold. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I got, didn't get a chance. All righty. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. But um, yeah, we were saying. Um, not sure what happened there, but all's well that ends well because she doesn't get the last lift, anyways. But um, yeah, she made a push to win the 52s. Um, Donna came real close, and it was so. All three of the ladies on the podium ended up in the 390s. And only, so six kilos separated first from second and then two kilos separated second from third. And the reason why Donna could pull for the overall like that, and I think they were looking to pull for gold, even though they're half a kilo off, but I'm thinking that was the idea and just maybe, you know, a fumbling of the numbers there. But she had a good, the the fourth place was 372.5. And that's Julia um, Gretchy from Italy. I talked to Julia. She's a monster deadlifter. She's broken world records in the deadlift. I was hyping out on the stream, had an opportunity to talk to her later. And I think she, well, I know she suffered food poisoning. I don't know if she had early stages as this was happening. So she didn't have the day she wanted and her deadlift didn't show up. So she couldn't threaten for the podium, but, uh, but there you have it, gentlemen. Any notes you have there, Arian, for this? Yeah. So what I was trying to say is, yeah, the way I'm looking at it as it played out was, Olivia went first with the 165. So once she missed, then Camille already had the lead over her. Obviously, there's other lifters that could try and pull, but she had the lead over her. So then she pulled the 165 to pat her total more. So Donna or these other people couldn't catch up to her. So then that, those two were done. But what Donna could have done, it depends on what her and Rory want to do, is um, if you wanted to go for the win, then yeah, you would have needed 10 kilos more. So you'd have to go up to 175 kilos to get your 400 kilo total and get the win. Or if at that point you want to give up on the win and go for second place, they only needed two and a half kilos more. Obviously, you can't go below what's under the bar, but they could have dropped down to, you know, 167.5 or 170 even. And um, as soon as the other two did 165 and then pull for second place instead. So, yeah, I'm not sure uh, Rory doing the 172.5, maybe he didn't have time to put the change in or maybe he yeah, just yeah. Didn't, know, didn't know that he could have gone down to 170. Um, and then the the last one was... Julia, she had missed the 180, but then she was going up to 188. So she was going up 18 kilos. That would have been, uh, what, 390.5. So Donna missed. I mean, if, you know, it's possible Julia could have came back at 188, but it was potential that Donna missed and then Julia could have got the 188 and got the bronze medal and dropped Donna down. So a little bit of a, a battle there between top four and things could have played out differently, you know, um, had uh, – Julia got in the third. So uh, Donna and Rory were a little bit uh, uh, in a risky spot there. And Julia is capable. She's got it absolutely normally has an absolutely monster dead on this day. She didn't have a great day. And like I said, she, she got sick. And so things happen, but it is what it is, but it was a battle moved. Speaking of battles, are we all good there? Fellas, you ready to go into the 57s? Because this was the big battle between Maya da Silva of Brazil and Jadjaka, but it wasn't the battle that we expected, though. Um, early on, these ladies went back and forth in the squad event. Uh, Jadjaka, obviously, 
having coming off of a sensational performance in the Open World Championships, pushed Joey Namani, the reigning 57 kilo Open World Champion. Um, I mean, she's also 52 kilo, two time World Champion. She's a multiple time World Champion. She's a legend of the game. And Jad Jacob is a junior pushed her to the fucking brink and lost by 0.5 kilos in a controversial event in which Joey had a couple squat calls that could have easily went against her um, and she could have bombed out. It went right down to the wire. Everybody is very excited about Jad Jacob, a junior to do that to Joey Namani. So coming into the world championships here, all eyes were on Jad Jacob. Unfortunately, as the squad event got underway, Jad Jacob in her second attempt Loads up a world record, which was 178 kilos. It was a bit of a scrap. It wasn't the craziest pen of scrap, but it was a bit of a scrap. I can't remember if she said she had a little bit of a tweak coming in, but you could tell something happened during the lift. It looked, it doesn't, didn't look like any of her lifts in the open. Didn't look, you know, in South Africa, didn't look like anything like that. And then afterwards, she X'd out for her third and final squat. And that's when you kind of knew, Something could be bad. Uh, uh, we'll keep the story going for in terms of the squats. Uh, Maya for De Silva from Spain hit 165, hit 172.5, and then hit 177.5. Now, 178 was the world record for her to finish off at 177.5 like she did. It's under the world record, but she's right there as well. Just to offer you how special Maya is coming into this. I told everybody on the podcast. Maya is legit. Jad Jacob needs to be 100% to beat Maya. Maya is a fucking monster. And people were underestimating Maya are going to get surprised. And I was warning people. I had some conversations with people in DMs. They're like, I didn't know Maya was that good until I listened to that podcast. Well, now you know. So believing the squats, it was 178 for Jad Jacob against 177.5 for Maya. Now, I get it. Jad was injured. And that was her second. And obviously, if she wasn't injured, she probably would have went up in squats. Cool. Gotcha. Jad was the favorite. But I'm just saying how close Maya was. Comes the bench. And um, Jad Jacob, you could tell something's wrong. She hit 92.5. And you could tell the lower back was there was something funky. Because the way she dismounted in the bench press, it was like she was a 75-year-old lady. She turned to the side, threw her legs on the one side of the bench and got off. So like an old lady getting out of a, a like stepping off of a, a couch and she's all like tattered and battered. And you could tell like, this isn't good. Um, came out to 95 kilo, two and a half kilo jump and missed it. And, and it was brutal seeing her get off the bench and you, that's probably a wrap. Um, on the flip side, Maya is now gaining steam. Um, she missed, she hit 85 kilo, came back, hit 90 Missed 92 and a half, but she didn't need it. And I think the writing was on the wall because Jad Jacob now X'd out of her squat, X'd out of her bench. And in the interim, we're all wondering what's happening. In between squat and bench, I ran back there to check out on Jad because I thought this looked bad. And I, the French team were working on her lower back and she put on a brave face. But you know when you could tell. When you're talking to someone, it's like you're this isn't good. You're in pain and you're, this is a brave face time. You could tell she's trying to play cool. She, she's, she hadn't given up. She was going to come out the bench, but you could freaking tell something was wrong in between uh, before the deadlift started in between that session. That's when Jad Jack up and uh, Charlotte, 
the, the coach for the French team appeared on the platform by the jury's table. And um, Jad, I think she was either, she was, you could tell she had been crying and the pain, it was bad. And they were pulling out and they were deciding what is the lowest possible deadlift she could take to solidify her total because that's what they were going to load it with. They ended up loading the bar with uh, 115 kilo, which is like nothing for Jad. And I remember watching Jad take it and it was work. That's how bad her lower back was. Like something was off. Um, So it is what it is. We didn't get the battle we wanted. And this would have been a big battle. It would have been a good battle anyways, because Maya, despite the fact, if you're just looking at totals and say, well, Maya walked away with a 457 and a half. That's not that close to what Jad's done in terms of the 480. If you guys saw Maya did 180, then 190, and then she loaded up 210.5 for a world record final pull, she fucking locked that out and missed it on a down up. That was locked out. I don't know if you guys remember it, but that was like, it was a down up. It was there. It's fine, but it wasn't the craziest of down up either. And that would have given her a 477.5. Now again, yeah. Jad's top end is higher than hers, but it's close. Jad's top end was 480. That's 477.5. I promise you they are that close and it's going to be be a battle right to the end. Look at that top end right there. Now she didn't get it. She didn't get the final pull, but look how close she almost did. If Jad was still in the race, I mean, this would have been, it would have been a close battle. It is what it is. This is sports. Hopefully Jad bounces back. She's got the Europeans and potentially these two can rematch. And when they rematch at the Europeans, now we'll see what happens. Hopefully Jad bounces back hundred percent. Any notes you want to add there, Arian? No, I was thinking the same thing you're saying. Like, yeah, I saw the uh, downward motion for Maya's third. So yeah, that would have given her 478 versus Jade's 480 at, at uh, open world. So that would have been close. Um, but then the other thing with, if you look at uh, uh, Jade's numbers is, she did 175 in South Africa on squat and did 178 in Turkey. And then in South Africa, she benched 95 and she was opening up 92.5 in Turkey. So that kind of maybe gives you an idea of what her potential numbers could have been if she was healthy. What she was shooting for is she was shooting for PRs across the board. And who knows, on a great day, if executed everything, maybe she would have been around a 490, 495, maybe even 500 on an amazing day. So she was shooting for those numbers. It's just, yeah, disappointing that something happened and she wasn't able to execute on it. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it's all good. Like she's young, so she's going to make fast gains. Her gym lifts were looking phenomenal. I forget what she hit in the gym. She had an SBD test day and she, I think she was like a 487 and a half. And like, look at this, just a few months away from South Africa. Yeah. She could be like 490 range. Like by the time her and Joy clash again, Joy's in the 490s, she might be 490s. You know, she might be for sure. She will see what happens. Well, I, hopefully we see the rematch between Jad and Joy at Sheffield because like that, that performance demanded a rematch. And by that time, if Joy's back to being 490 something, it might not matter. Jad might be 490 something as well. We'll see if she does the Arnold UK, depending on what the injury is or if she has to pull out. So maybe that's another chance to get like a better total to try and get the Sheffield spot. But if you, you know, have this disappointment at Junior Worlds and then you don't do the Arnold UK because you have to recover, maybe that really hurts her chances of getting that Sheffield spot. Uh, she won't be doing Arnold UK. Um, okay. I, I talked to her. I, you know, so in terms of the Sheffield, if I'm looking at it, if you're looking at the wild cards, you want 
like the best possible matchups for viewing. Fuck, man. If you're you're thinking about rematches, that was the you is such a good matchup. You're <laughs> it, like in terms of a rematch, frig. It, I don't like like, like, it's not like she lost the junior worlds because she wasn't strong enough or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but she got injured. I don't know if it's like, well, you got injured, so we'll cut it. But that, but that that's another, matchup. but that's another factor. Now, what is the injury? Like, is she going to post the injury? What it is publicly for people to know, would it be right for SBD to reach out and ask what the injury is to see, will she be healthy by March or will or she not be healthy? be healthy by March? So I talked to her. Yeah. So to answer your question, these are good questions. Lower back. She'll be okay. It's not like, um, you know, a torn hamstring or something like that. She'll be okay. It is a lower back injury. She'll be okay for March for sure. That's plenty of time. If I'm SBD or even like a, just as a powerlifting fan though, that rematch has to happen. That was controversial and there's some unfinished business there. And you want head-to-head clashes. Less calculator or like by whatever percentage you weight break the record, that's good. But you want as many head-to-head clashes as possible. Joy's going to be there, period. You're not going to bring anyone else. And um, that if you think about other head-to-head clashes possibility, there's like none except for Agatha and Jess that are as good as that. You know what I mean? The spread between Turbo Tiff and Heather is way, way bigger than like the spread between Jad and Joy. Like it's, uh, I don't know, man. I, already, I, I think you still do it. I mean, you are bringing another 57. Her name is Evie Corrigan. Right, right. Yeah, you, that's already too as well. But I, th- there's a pretty big spread between them. I think um, she I think did. She, she just did uh 476 at their uh, New Zealand. That's Championship good. You know what? That's phenomenal. Actually, that's really that's 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 pretty close to the 480.5 that Joy won with. Um, but I would still like to see. Fuck, I, I want to see that rematch. If I'm honest, just as a sports fan, there's two rematches that are phenomenal on the women's side, and I I gotta see those rematches, man. It's just there's there's not enough spots because like like you said there's there's Heather there's Shizuka there's Jad there's Leah there's Carola there's Agata um, Marta so then it's like man which one do you set up like you're gonna have to pick you know a couple of them and then the rest are gonna have to miss out yeah so it is what it is let's move along um, and Gavin if you had do you remember that battle Gavin I do but I do remember her tweaking her back. I do remember her seeing, I've seen her get off the bench and it kind of looked like she was pretty uncomfortable. Um, But also to be honest with you, I didn't, I wasn't as aware of that battle coming up um, as you were. So I kind of like, wasn't expecting what you were expecting, Mm. you know, like I I thought it was going to be head to head and I'm pretty sure um, did, did Jet have the, the lead going into squats? Like Um, she had the bigger squats or was it like, like coming into the competition, she was known as the bigger squatter. Yes, historically speaking, but they left squats only half a kilo apart. But Jad's second attempt was where she got hurt and she would have had a third attempt. But then, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do remember like, and we, I remember we were commentating and we did note it, like both lifters were kind of helicoptering quite a bit with the bar, you know? So like, it's very possible that kind of like had something to do with it. it. Or it could have, or like it happened and then started helicoptering and then made it worse or like, yeah, who the, who the frick knows? I'm sure it didn't help. It, it looked funky though. Like the squat didn't look normal. Um, you could tell something was off and uh, yeah. And that was, that was pretty much what ended Jad's day. Um, in terms of uh, in team Sweden grabbing the bronze medal with a 417.5 um, and the silver medal by Tim Lebanon, actually Joya. 
And that was a bit of a surprise, man. Team Lebanon. So even if Jad hadn't have, you know, had to take the token deadlift, Team Lebanon would have been on the podium even then. And Team Lebanon, again, just like Team Mexico, you don't often see them in the juniors. So it's a good, it's an indication of the powerlifting spreading into other nations and now having some like contenders at the world stage. Um, and that's how the sport's going to grow, man. So that's the 57s. Uh, fellas, anything else you want to add to that? Now, I was looking up Joya's uh, open IPF, and yeah, she did um, Junior Worlds last year with a 400 kilo total, got sixth place. Now she puts on 20 kilos on her total and gets uh, the silver medal, so good on her. And that was a battle as well, so two and a half kilos difference between silver and bronze, and then bronze beats out uh, fourth place by the same total on body weight, so it was a battle in the Dallas down to the very end. Yeah, Lindeberg edging out Decker of, of uh, Germany on body weight. It was a battle, man. This 57s was it had all the it had it had the superstars clashing at the top a bit of drama and then battles all throughout looking into the 63s talking about french superstars samantha eugenie of us or sorry of france of us of france is back um we we're all super excited she was like 17 year olds phenom hitting spd days in the gym and doing 500 kilo totals got injured made somewhat of a comeback at 2021 worlds, but it wasn't the Samantha Eugenie that we're used to. This is the Samantha Eugenie we're used to 493.5 uh, missed her second attempt squat, retook it. But then after that, never missed again, taking world record back to back in her second and third deadlift, finishing off with a 216 kilo deadlift. Samantha Eugenie born in 2002. So she still has a couple more years of junior as you, if you can believe it. Um, she's, she's a freaking phenom. What, what can you say? What are you thinking there, Arian? I was just looking at uh, silver and bronze because uh, when we did our preview show, I actually picked uh, Ludovine for silver and Alba for bronze because Alba was like coming back from the injury. We weren't sure how much she could put on her total and get back to her numbers, but it looks like she did great. It looks like her bench went up a lot, and um, it looks like she hit a PR total as well. And that was a battle down to the very last delf as well. So like Ludovine took the five-kilo jump, from second and third deadlift to get to the 465 and um alba was also at 460 actually looks like she was also at 465 and she was on body weight so i guess she didn't actually need that so uh it looks like it was just a little extra for her to get that seven and a half kilos because it looked like she weighed lighter so actually i guess she already had the win locked up on her second um but yeah i mean it was still battled you know going into deadlift so good on her that she was able to come back and uh put up a pr total and get silver medal me and gavin went for a walk one of the days with alba and um, we did the preview show and we were all like, gosh, she's injured. I'm not sure. I can't even remember where I had her picked, but I wasn't confident because I thought she was injured. And then when we went for a walk. She was like, I'm smashing PRs. I'm, and I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> I didn't see you coming. I thought you were far more injured. I'm like, you haven't been posting. She's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I you know, haven't posted everything. And some of them were whatever. It is what it is. But coming in, I had a feeling like by the time the day rolled around, um, I, I knew she'd be a contender taking the silver medal. I didn't know that she's going to do like, this is a PR total from her coming off of injury. And remember Gavin, she was talking about, she's a funny character. She was talking about uh, like, she's what? 2021 20, super young. And she's like, God bless her. She's such a sweetheart. She was like, um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I mean, by, by, by nine o'clock or, or lights out seven o'clock, seven o'clock. She's in bed. Sorry. Reading a book. Nine o'clock, lights out. That's it. There's no phone. There's no whatever. And she was, I'm like, she's such a sweetheart. And I was like, um, 
are you going to be at the banquet? Well, if it would start at five, but it starts at seven and I got it. I'm like five, you're 21 young lady. Like she is so funny. It was, it, she's so nice too. When she left, she messaged me. It's like, Ryan, it was nice, you know, meeting you and having that conversation with you and Gavin and look forward to seeing you again. She's such like a nice person. Wholesome. Wholesome's the proper word for it. She's such a wholesome person. Um, but, uh, yeah, she puts all, she's so well organized, um, puts so much into powerlifting. And when I seen her, she journalizes too. She, she like, and I remember seeing her in, in the crowd journaling and like writing down things and whatever the whole line, like she's like a unique, wholesome person. So nice. If you ever meet her at one of these events, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, she walks away with the silver medal, proud of that. And she's also going to be a junior for a little while longer, right? 2000. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, all of them first through fifth place, none of them ragering out. So they'll all be back at least one more year. I was going to mention too the Japanese lifter, Yu Nomura, who Rory had told us about and said, like, you know, she has potential threat for bronze medal. She was a little bit too far behind to put that threat, but she was trying to battle with Samantha for the Delafoil record. Yeah. Uh, but, that's one, but the thing we had also mentioned in the preview show that I brought up and Rory agreed was that some of her training lifts, she has like soft knees. And I'm pretty sure on the third deadlift, I'm not sure, I don't remember the second deadlift, she got called for soft knees. So yeah. like she could have pushed Samantha there, but has to work a little bit on that technique. She's also super duper nice. Gave me a Japanese fan, which I actually needed because it's hot as fuck. And then um, the Mexican team gave me like a Team Mexico shirt. Dog, I was a well-cultured guy at one point. <laughs> I had freaking, uh, if you would have seen me, and I was eating like, you know, Turkish freaking sweets. It is what it is. Anyways, yeah, the 63 showed up. It was a pretty good battle, Nansen, and all of those ladies are still going to be around. So we'll see what happens next year. But Samantha Eugenie will be a threat in the open with this total, man, because 505 won the open. Like, not if Leah Babel was there, but 505 won the open. And if Leah Babel was there, then is still podiuming. And Samantha did 493.5. She'll do more. So she's going to be in the open as well as the, she'll probably do like Jad did in terms of, you know, show up in the open, show up in the juniors and go back and forth. Let's see. Moving on to the 69 kilo class, gentlemen. And uh, Clara Perrault from France, another French shooter, surprise, surprise, takes the gold medal. She's tipped over 500 kilos twice before. Didn't need to do it this day to net the gold medal. Did a 497 and a half. Only missing her third squat, but she only left two and a half kilos on the table going up in the third squat. Everything looked relatively close until the deadlifts came. And amongst the big contenders, um, Clara's got that big deadlift that's really going to separate her and the rest of the pack. Once the deadlift showed up, when she had a lead, when she had built a subtotal like that, when the biggest deadlifter of all the contenders has a subtotal that big and she's on point like that, you're in big trouble. And we knew we were in big trouble. It was going to be Agnes versus Clara. They had a battle last year. Agnes beat her at the Junior World Championships. Then at the Europeans, Clara won. And then in the Open, Clara got the better of her. So now this is going to be like Agnes wants a little bit of revenge. Didn't turn out that way. Agnes not pulling together the best of days lately. She's hit better. She's hit in the 490s herself previously. Can't seem to pull it together lately. Ended off with a 477.5. As a matter of fact, Spain's... Um, Amira actually threatened to bump Agnes off of the podium and Agnes's last pull. I remember talking to Agnes afterwards. Agnes went from being a defending world champion to scrapping to stay on the podium. And Agnes is like, 
I am not getting bumped off the podium. <laughs> she was, I remember talking to her in the back. I'm like, holy shit, Agnes, you almost got bumped off the podium. And she looked at me, she's like, I was not getting bumped off that podium. <laughs> and I was like, God bless. So Agnes jumping up just two and a half kilo from her second to third deadlift, two and a half kilos, not much. When, it, when, when we're talking a deadlift jump, that's all she had, brother. She was fighting for that podium finish. She knew Spain was coming on and they needed to extend Spain as much as they could. And Spain loaded up the bumper off the podium and missed. Um, they had to load up seven and a half kilo jump and ended up missing that. So Agnes, even though she lost her title, didn't have the day she wanted, she left with a win herself being like, well, fuck, thank God. When you have those moments, you're like, all right, I needed to scrap and I did scrap and all's well that ends well. Um, and Noemi Fanton of Italy, uh, pulling away with a 940 or sorry, uh, 490 kilo total and loaded up for the win as well. Cause she is yeah lighter on body weight. So she would have tied Clara, but missed 210 in the final pull and ended up nestling into a silver medal. So it was some battles, gentlemen, Arian, anything you want to throw in there, Gavin, anything you remember from this kind of I mean, I, I specifically remember, too, from uh, South Africa talking to Agnes about it. Um, and I think it was just specifically about the battle and how this really was supposed to be that revenge me. And I think it's, it's frustrating as an athlete in this sport because we don't get a 16-week season. You know, mm -hmm. we get kind of one shot. We get nine minutes on a platform, honestly less, um, to do what we've been training all year to do, you know. And so it, it, it can be really frustrating, but I think what it does is, is it builds up to these amazing, almost like just these amazing opportunities to have awesome battles. Right. And I think that's what makes the sport special. And I think it's battles like that between Agnes and Claire that are going to continue to make the sport special. So I'm really looking forward to the next one because I think the next one's going to be Agnes is not going to let this go. And she knows that, you know what, something's got to give, something's got to change. She's had a couple uh, meets here now. And in my experience, I've had that too, where it's like, man, what the heck's going on? Like, I yeah. thought I was doing the right thing. Something's got to give. And I think, I think they're going to figure it out. I mean, she's like, what was her? I think her biggest total was 496 and 497 and a half won this. Like she's there. She just, yeah. Like you said, and Agnes is fucking confident. Like it's, I remember she posted a video of, um, it was, Danny from Game of Thrones, Daenerys from Game of Thrones. You remember she flies in on a fucking dragon with her blonde hair. And it's like Agnes, This, if, if you're listening to podcasts, you haven't seen Agnes. This is what Agnes looks like, by the way. And the dragon fucking lands with Daenerys riding the dragon and just starts fucking massacring people. She posted that and said, this is me coming to Worlds. <laughs> okay. She doesn't lack in confidence. I remember the first time I met Agnes, um, I was in the parking lot in Sweden, 2021. And Agnes's mom, who was like super fucking sweet, was walking by. He's like, hey, the commentator. It started talking to me. And then Agnes was getting in the car to drive her mom. It was like, oh, fucking mom, what are you doing? You talking? What are you doing? And then she came over, started talking to me. And Agnes's mom was bragging about Agnes. And I'm like, oh, you're lifting later on. Agnes's mom was lifting as a master. Agnes was lifting as juniors. And Agnes was like, told me, she's like, I am not just lifting in the juniors and then told me like, I'm, I'm going to fucking break this world record. I'm going to break that world record. I am like, she was like so confident. And then, so I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. Cause you run into people and people get confident sometimes. Right. Um, all lifters are. 
as soon as the squats went down and Agnes is breaking world records in the squat and then Agnes is breaking world records in the bench press, I went back to the warm-up room and I was like, hey. And then she turned around. The first thing she did when she, first thing she said when she saw me was, I told you. And I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you didn't lie. And she ended up winning the world championship, beating Clara that day. Um, so to your point, Gavin, with like the, her mentality and how this is probably like, she's not like, well, you know, I had a good day. No, no. Like she's proud that she didn't get, she fought or stood her ground, didn't get bumped off the, she won little battles, but 477 and a half is beneath what she could do. And she knows it. And this isn't over. Yeah, dude. And I think Clara is just an absolute tank. Like, I think she's an animal, you know, I mean, obviously, dude, I I have a lot of love for her, her older brother, Nico. I think the dude is just a walking house. Like he's just (laughs) a a behemoth of a man. But um, yeah, I I genuinely like she is, I think all around as a lifter, she is as good as you're going to get in terms of really specializing in each discipline and being able to pull through in each discipline. Um, And the the first word that comes to mind is just strong. Like she's just strong, you know? So that's, what's cool, man. It's not like, it's not like you have like a deadlift specialist or like you have someone who is genuinely strong. So, you know, if, if Agnes pulls through and beats her again, um, I think it'll be, you know, it's worth coming back. Then Clara's coming back. Look at Clara's a fucking monster too. It's funny because if you meet Clara, she like outside, she's so shy. Like when we're at a table, shy, quiet, nice. It's like, she's super approachable and nice. Um, and like, she'll hang out with the crew, whatever. So, but she's just shy. She's young, man. But when she's on that platform, dude, I remember I was telling you, I was like, I know Clara's heating up when she lets out that war cry. I saw it in South Africa on the squats and I didn't see it in the squats in Turkey. But then when it came across in the deads, when she needs it, she levels up with that intensity. And that's when like, she isn't the same person, you know, she's going to, she's going to empty the tank, man. Yeah, she's fun to watch. She's definitely fun to watch. It was funny too. It's funny how you said, Nico. Remember, remember when we went back to the warm up room and you were like, Nico, and you were talking to him like, holy fuck me, blah, 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 blah. And I go, oh man, Nico don't speak English, man. man. He was like, <laughs> Nico's just being polite, going, yeah, yeah, like shaking his head. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know what the shit is. He used to be nice. He's, such, he's a nice guy. But he, speaks, he speaks English and he can Little. understand it. Um, yeah. no, he's, he's decent. And, um, Charlotte sometimes says like, he, he's like shy too. So he'll like not say stuff and make Charlotte translate, but like Charlotte forces Nico to talk. Like he can talk to you and stuff like that. Like I was in the airport with him in South Africa and like, really? He can, yeah. He, he, can, he can talk and he can understand it maybe a little better. It's just like, maybe sometimes he doesn't know certain words or sometimes he relies on Charlotte too much because she knows better English. Uh, and Clara, I think knows better English than him as well. So I think maybe he like relies on them too much. And he's the, put the effort from, yeah. Um, going going over the, the the battle as far as what I'm seeing, uh, kind of like the same stuff you guys are saying. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that that meet where Agnes hit the 496.5 kilo total, that was her first meet of this year. So each meet after that, her numbers have gone down. So maybe it's just the volume of meets. You know, some people can handle a bunch of meets a year. Some people can't handle it. It depends if you're weight cutting and, and traveling and how much you're maxing out and how you're peaking and stuff like that. So. She went down from that meet in Sweden to South Africa and went down from South Africa to Turkey. She also did the European bench, both classic and equipped. So that's like another time. So she, you know, made weight for the classic. She didn't cut weight for the equip. So she had to make weight again in, in this, in the same month in, in August, the beginning of August, she made weight and hit a 115 bench, missed 120. 
and then comes to junior worlds has to make weight again travel and she takes 116 on the second bench and misses it twice so it could just be you know the volume of meets maybe figuring things out maybe prioritizing which meets are more important and saying hey if i want to win junior worlds next year then i have to prioritize that meet and and come in with you know skipping out on some other meets and some other opportunities because for agnes as well it's her last year for clara clara's two years younger she has other years the pressure's on agnes if she wants to come back uh, win another match in this rivalry, win another junior worlds next year is her, is her final year. So she has to put everything into that. So I Dude. think the pressure pressures on her to maybe analyze what's going on with her numbers, analyze which meets she wants to prioritize and then go and execute on that. Um, some of the other things I want to mention too, is it was a, it was a great squat battle because the world record squat coming in was 180.5, which Agnes has and Agnes missed 180 on her third. She got the 177. Noemi Fanton got 182.5, but at that point, um, uh, Julie, Julianne Sletness was putting in 183 for her third and she got 183. So she got the world record. And then Sonia, Stephanie Kruger, who won the equipped was also competing in the classic. She tried 180 on her third. She missed it, but she got 177. So there's, several women there writing contention for that 180.5 uh, squat world record and it would have been interesting because uh, stephanie uh, sony kruger has the equipped squat record so it would have been interesting if she had gone the classic world record as well but just wasn't there you know back to back in one week uh, trying to do that dude sledness um, who took the world record i think she also competed in equipment earlier the same week comes back and takes a fucking world record squat with 183 it's insane dude yeah yeah and then um, just as far as some of the other stuff, um, you guys already mentioned Amira tried to pull for bronze, uh, but couldn't get it. Uh, Noemi also tried to pull for gold and couldn't get it. Um, it was a very close battle between Clara and Noemi uh, Fanton. But what hurt Noemi was she missed her second squad on depth. It came up fast, but she had cut the depth and then she had to repeat on her third and got on her third. So if she had been able to execute on that second attempt, maybe she would have gotten a little bit more on the third. Maybe she would have gotten the world record and a chip uh, there and on bench as well she went up five kilos from 105 to 110 and i believe her pr was was like 105 or 17 something like that let me pull up real quick so that was a little bit of a risky play as well like you already missed out on squat and now you're going risky on bench yeah her pr was uh or pr was 110 sorry uh, at the uh, same uh, meet that she did uh, earlier in the month so that kind of held her back at that point maybe if she had executed on either squat or bench then she would have been able to put the pressure on clara for the uh, deadlift I mean, it's all 2020 hindsight. I get it because, um, you know, they don't know what, how it's going to end up. But yeah, it's tough. This is the shit you go home and it eats you up. If you look back and like, damn, if I picked a little bit different, not always the strongest person wins. Sometimes like they're both exactly equal and it just depends who does what for attempt selection. I, I thought on that day, cause Jason and I did like a analysis of this weight class of like what we would have done different and what their top ends were and what their bottom ends were. And what I was telling Jason, I think I forget the exact number, but I thought like if they both based on their strength levels on a perfect day, they had very similar numbers. They both had right around a 500 to 502 kilo total. It's just that Claire executed better on the day than Noemi. See what I'm saying, Gavin, about these dudes who are that into freaking candling where they're like, okay, what happens if we change this number, that number for every single one of our competitors? Where were they to end off? Uh, just to analyze the shit out of this thing. That's what Taylor Atwood's team does. When we talk about like people in their game day, nobody does that stuff, man. But, but it's good because it improves your handling as well. So you don't make mistakes or few of them anyways. But, um, but anyways, and Gavin, how much, before we get into the 76s, remember at one point I turned to you, like how many times do you see like um, 
we're doing the math. This will move this person there, that there. There's a lot of numbers, there's chips. And then afterwards, I'm like, how much do you find out about game day handling and all the rest of it with all the sessions we did? We're like, holy shit, you, you learned a lot doing commentary, huh? Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. It definitely puts things into perspective for sure. Um, but it also, too, like, it's cool because you get in your head as a lifter, it kind of, you're so in it that it becomes overwhelming. You're like, like in that situation, right? Like we were just talking about a lifter misses her second on depth, right? Cuts a little high, then decides to retake it. Whereas at our open world championship chance misses both of his, his first two squats, but still goes up for his third, right. And gets it. Had he not done that, who knows? Right. Right. So like there's, I think as a lifter, you're always so in it. So you're always like, Oh man, I don't know what the right decision is. What should I do? What's the best. But when you're commentating or even when you're just spectating, when you see these numbers there and you kind of see how things play out, you slowly start to develop kind of like, okay, in this situation, this is probably going to be right. the best choice. Even if it is risky or even if it isn't, this is going to be the best choice. You know, so it was cool. It was definitely cool. Different you do have that. It's true. Like you're not in it, in it. So you could be calm and be like, oh, okay. Or, or if someone makes a mistake, it's, it's easier to be in a commentary booth to be like, oh shit. Okay, so that number actually isn't going to get you what you think you need to get. You either needed a little bit more to push for a silver or like that's the, you know, you kind of see these things, right? Um, yeah. And only like, because your commentary, you see repeatedly over and over and over and over and over and you start realizing all these different things. Uh, but anyways. Uh I don't want to uh, sidetrack too much, but Gavin, real quick, are you the type of lifter that like wants to know what your placing is and what you need and stuff during the battle? Or do you just want the coach to do it and you just lift the weights? Um, in an ideal scenario, if I can get into um, like the flow state, then I don't want to know anything. Like, let me just do my thing and you put it in. Um, there'll be sometimes like, I remember like, like for my best meet, I was asked like, okay, do you want to take this or this? Do you want to take this or this? And I don't care. Like the choice, the, the idea is like, okay, the goal is to win. So don't ever present me with something that's not going to make me win. Um, only in extreme circumstances do, do, will we not do that. Um, so if I do have a choice, it's kind of like a matter of five kg or two and a half kg on any given lift. But um, in certain, like when I train and stuff, I'm always thinking about that. Like I'm always thinking like, okay, what would I need if I need to do this? And I try and prepare that way too. So honestly, for me, it doesn't really matter as much. But in the past, I performed best when like I just kind of do my thing. You know, coaches do their thing and that's it but it doesn't really like rattle me to know what I'm about to hit or anything like that. It, it's just interesting. Cause in other score in other sports, there's always a scoreboard. You always know what the, 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 the game true. is at what basketball, football, whatever like that. You're all seeing it. But it, when it comes to powerlifting, a lot of lifters don't look at it. They have no idea where they are in the battle, but then yeah, when you're announcing, you get that other perspective, you're getting to see all the changes of placing for each individual lift and the total and all that's like that. So you get to see a little bit of, of that aspect of it. Now you, you almost yeah. like, to try to like handle yourself would be like impossible, man, to be like crunching all the numbers. If it's a battle between five different people and like, what's their lot number? What did they weigh in at? And all this, it'd be too much. It'd be like, how am I going to, how would you do all that? I, yeah. I mean, I think, dude, I think if you're playing the game, the way you guys play the game, then yeah, it's almost impossible. But like when I was coming into the sport, I always thought like, look, dog, if I hit a total, like let's say the 93s, right. Um, I forgot what won the 93. I think it was like 877 and a half or something like that. If I total 900, right, just based on statistics, just based on where the world record is at, nobody's touching me. So I just have to total 900. I don't even need to worry about strategy, right? So like, that's how I came into this sport. And I still kind of think that way. So like, yes and no, right? Like if you just are that savage, like I get it. Logically, it doesn't make sense to overreach because there's more risk, right? But 
at the end of the day, like if you, if you can comfortably quote unquote comfortably do, let's say 900 as a 93, then what are you worried about? There's no need but, to like play strategy. It's very right? rare that someone's that far ahead of the pack. You it is, it be, is, but we haven't seen like in 93s. That's not going to happen. That's just for anybody. Like it's a Taylor. battle zone, man. You would have to. It's crazy. It's like, it's like Taylor. Right. You, Taylor can do that. Taylor can do right. what you just said. Taylor can show up and cruise and be like 50 kilo ahead of everybody. But um, most people, you're going to have to pay attention. But it is what it is. Uh, all right. Let's move into the 76s, gentlemen. And, uh, Another French shooter, surprise, surprise, Laura Motalet from France had an issue with squat depth, retook 190, ended up moving 10 kilos. She probably wanted more than that. Um, got a world record bench press with 145.5, and that's a nice, sizable bench press. Moved on into the deadlifts, missed her third bench, into the deadlifts, got her opener. And these were things sort of falling off a little bit. Missed 220, missed 220 again, and I say settled for. She won the gold comfortably. She won the gold by 30.5 kilo. So she is easily your junior world champion. However, 55, 555.5, even though that's a great total, and, and it's competitive in the open, it's not what she wanted. She had hit 570 in the gym, testing her lifts. You know, retaking her opening squat wasn't part of the plan. Missing the last two deadlifts, not part of the plan. The one deadlift she missed, threw it into a twerk and didn't see that coming. That's one of the best recoveries of missing a deadlift, of owning the moment. But um, she has potential. You know, I was talking to some people saying how, like, the big guns in the division are obviously Agatha, Agatha, um, Jess, and Carlina from New Zealand. But Laura isn't super far off, but she's got to pull it together. Hopefully she's got a chance at the Europeans. I don't know if she's going to do the Europeans, but if she does, hopefully before the year's out, she can go full send and we can see if she's 570, 580 range. 585 won the Open. We'll see. But um, I want to get your thoughts on, on her performance, but we also should wrap up Vilma Olsen, Sweden, taking the silver medal with a 525. She's done more. Um, you know, she's squatted more. She's a phenomenal squatter. Pretty sure she's broken squat world records in the past. Uh, a former champion herself. She was not happy at all in South Africa with her performance. I remember talking to her afterwards and she was like, I'm really, yeah, you want to take a picture? And she was like, yeah, all right. But she was not in a good mood. Bless her. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, man, this was not a good day. This wasn't a crazy lot more of a total, but she executed better. Uh, the total went up seven and a half kilo. It's still beneath what her previous best is, but she felt a lot better of it. Got a silver medal and um, hopefully can pull her back, ride some momentum and take it back into, because she's also got potential to do deeper into the five hundos. And Finland's Ellen Gronland uh, walking away the 505 in the bronze medal with a decent 20 kilo spread. So she wasn't going to threaten Vilma. Vilma wasn't going to threaten uh, Laura and the number four position was, you know, 45 kilos. So she wasn't going to threaten bronze. So the thing with the 76 is we didn't have threats in terms of movement up and down. Nobody's really going to play the game to Gavin's point. This would be one of the wins where Laura is in that position that you just described, Gavin, you walk in there, you're undeniable. You do whatever the fuck you want. You could, you miss a lift. You start twerking homeboy. Okay. How's that? That's when you're in command. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, Laura, Laura did great. I think, um, I think obviously I don't think it was the performance she wanted, right? Cause she was talking to us about like pulling 
like 585 or something like that, right? Like something crazy. Um, she is like, I think out of all of the lifters that we saw in terms of like a display of confidence, I think the battle is probably between her and Agnes, but I think she takes the chip with that one. I don't know too many lifters that kind of strut the way she struts, which is like, she's got, she's got swag. She's got her, she's got her vibe and it, it works. Um, especially like when you're this young, I feel like you have no choice, but to have that because a lot of people don't like, they're not looking at you like that. You know what I mean? This isn't the open yet. And nobody's, it's not that heated. It's like Taylor, like right now, Taylor may not have as much competition. He has to have a swag to him, right? He has to have a vibe to him. And I, I appreciated that. I thought, I thought she had like, a, she carried a lot of energy that I thought was really healthy for the sport. Dude, I, first off, I love that you knew you're now coined the term. She takes a chip. Like that's actually, <laughs> you're such a powerlifting dude now that you're, you, but you've used powerlifting lingo into your lingo. I love it. Um, I'm probably going to take it. I'm going to be honest with you, but uh, I know exactly what you mean. I can't put my finger on it, but Laura also I don't even know what the fuck it is. There's something about certain people in terms of how they carry themselves. You're like, that is a fucking confident person. She, when she walks around, I remember even the video I clipped uh, to hype up the junior worlds for the women's. And it's like one of it's just her walking in the warm up room and then onto the platform in the way she was just walking. I don't know. You, it's somebody walking, but it's like that person is fucking confident. You could just tell. And it's just, same thing with Agnes. Um, I know what you mean. They both got that kind of vibe, but Laura's like, even when she fumbled the bag and, and couldn't get that last dead, the way she just fluffed it off and like yeah. threw down like that. It is, that was her, man. She well, was herself at home. Dude, wherever she is. I, I think as long as, as long as she can stay, I mean, who am I to, to say this, but I think as long as she can also stay grounded enough to, to listen to like, you know, people that have been there, done that, so to speak then I think she's in a good spot. You know, like, I mean, I laugh about it. Like, uh, I think it was her first attempt on squat. I think she missed on death. And then her second one, she hit it. And in French, she said, like, is that good enough? Like, is that good enough for you? Um, and uh, I thought that was awesome. Like, I thought that was, you know, that's that's some attitude. Spicy, like, that's that man. anti-hero. Yeah, dude, I thought that was dope. But I will, I will say, like, there is, you do need to have that balance of, okay, I know what I'm worth. I know who I am. I'm here to show the fuck up and show out. But at the same time, I'm also here to learn. I'm also here to, to receive and absorb everything around me and, and listen to the people we're listening to. Um, so that way I can grow and improve. So, and that, that requires a little bit of grounding. So um, yeah, but I, dude, she's going to, I think she's going to be a threat, man. Like it's just so insane. Everybody was so strong and they're all so young. Dude, if she goes into the open, you add a personality like that into there. Fuck me. It's great. Like we have so many personal, cause you got Jess who's like, um, you know, our version of Captain Marvel or whatever. I don't know. She's like, she's like Wonder Woman, right? She's like, she's, she's She Hulk. <laughs> she, yeah, she Hulk. She, yeah, yeah. She wins. Well, like in the greatest of battles. Um, you got Agatha. You got Carlina. I, the fellas in the other podcast were telling me. I think it was Jerns was telling me Agatha was on their podcast, and they were like, um, "You were cheering Jess at the Open Worlds to win. Why were you cheering Jess?" Uh, because just because she's like, why? And I get to like, because I wanted her to win. Cause that's probably going to be the last time she wins. Oh. Yeah, like, <laughs> ice cold is that? But I, I get to, you've seen Agatha. I don't want to bring Agatha was there. And we'll talk about that. It's like, dog, she's, she's fucking outward. She's another world jacked as well. And a specimen as well. Dude, she's you know? my homie. 
She's my she's awesome. Isn't she awesome? Bro. I love that guitar. Bro, she's a she is a stud. She's a tank. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I listen, Jess is a friend of mine and she had a phenomenal performance. I'm telling you, Agatha's gonna steamroll people now, bro. It's 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 not even funny. <laughs> Agatha's Agatha's a little monster. The thing is though, when you meet her in real life, she's like such a fucking sweetheart, too. And um she was like hanging out with everybody after the banquet. Like they were out of I don't know, fucking I don't think. Okay, sorry. So we were just saying you're going. I need to get an insane report performance so I can get on as a guest of King of Lifts, not be co-hosting. I was gonna say, dog, you're fucking you're at world championships commentating. You're on King of Lifts co-hosting. You're like, what am I fucking retired? What is going on here? What I'm 24. What am oh, I moving into? Feels like, bro. What am I moving into my second career? What he's is like going Dan- on? Daniel. He's like Daniel Cormier, man. He's done. I know. He's like I'm Daniel Cormier. That was I'm fucking. What am I co-hosting now? I should be a guest. What is happening right now? Uh, be- be- before you guys uh, talk more about Agata, I just want to say, as far as uh, Laura with the 76s, I kind of saw the same thing on the live stream. Was like. Um, it seemed like she was really chill going out there and she was like almost like calm in the crowd too. Like, yo, don't worry. I got this yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And she, she didn't break form at all until that final Della where she like slipped or whatever like that. And then she did like the shake. It's like, that's like the final when she like finally like chilled out. Like, oh, okay, I'm done. I can like back to have fun. So yeah, it was definitely interesting even watching that from the live stream. Uh, and then like, like Gavin said, like she may have to just, you know, learn from this experience too and see what she has to do going forward. One thing potentially, I don't know her, but I'm just looking at her open IPF is it could be a body weight thing. Like her her first meet that's listed here, 2021 in May, she weighed in at 76.3. So she was like a light 84 back then. And then along the way, she has weighed in at different body weights. Like she got down to 74, then she was back up to 75. Uh, and then this one, she weighed in 74.9. So I don't know if maybe mm. she... Maybe she cut a little bit too much or something like that. Or maybe she was just cutting along the way. Maybe she wants to walk around light and maybe that affect her the bench a little bit or something like that. So that could potentially be something that she needs to, uh, or maybe they need to figure out like, you know, what body weight do they want to walk at, walk in at, uh, do they want to cut and stuff like that. Um, but still she did 537.5 in May and now she's up to 555.5 and that would have placed bronze in South Africa. So um, going forward, we'll, we'll see what she can continue to improve on and get closer and closer to the the, the big names that you had mentioned earlier. Yeah, like she, yeah, bronze in the open. Like she's she's still like a extremely competitive with this, but she has potential to do more, and she's going to have to do more um, because Carlina is going to join the pack, and Carlina is total five ninety, and she pulled her last deadlift to hit six hundred as a seventy six. Carlina's look at we're talking about Car- what Agatha was saying. Carlene is saying, I'm going to do the Commonwealth Championships before the end of the year. So when those girls go to Sheffield, we're, we're assuming I get to get a wild card. When they go to Sheffield, they're going to deal with my world record. I'm going to put the world record to like 600 kilo and nobody's breaking a world record at Sheffield. It's going to be me. And I might not be there, but you will say my name because it'll be my world record you're chasing. And it's like, she's ice cold too, baby. She's ice cold too, doggy. These girls are competitive, man. You throw Laura in the mix with these girls, these confident young ladies, and you throw a girl like Laura in there who's like as confident as she is, fucking the 76s in 2023 is going to be amazing. I can't imagine what the world champ. We thought it was good this year. The next year's world is going to be fucking, it's going to be crazy. Um, anyways, should we, any, uh, anything else we should toss in there for the 76ers? Or do you think we're good to move on? No, I think we covered everything. Well, speaking of Agatha, um, she showed up, 
she she was slightly injured, wasn't sure she'd be able to lift, had a, a face-off with Gavin, and, um, and we, we were taking picks. She told us she was here to have fun, more or less. Um, she ended up, and you know what's fun for her is breaking world records. So she broke a couple world records in the bench press, missed her third bench, but broke world records in her opener and her second Ended off with a 582.5, which for her now, apparently, is a so-so day. Even though 585.5 won the world championships in the greatest battle we'd seen. She only weighed in a 77.85. So she was an 84, but she was really a 76. She was a, a small water cut away. So thinking her having fun now is 582 and a half couple months ago, 585 was the craziest battle we'd ever seen in 76. And Jess was pushed to the brink for 585.5. couple months later, Agatha is so progressing so quickly. Just two and a half kilo blow, 582 and a half is, that's fine. Yeah. Let's go in here. Let's, let's, let's have a little, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not that happy with it. That's where her standards are now. That's already in her rear view. This is, this is lightweight shit now. So it'll be interesting to see. And again, Carlene has already hit 590. And she's, she's ice cold and she's coming. So we'll see what happens, man. What do you, were you guys thinking in terms of, I didn't call this session. Um, so what were you guys thoughts? I'll also round it off. Uh, list us from Ireland, got a five fifteen, and Jessica Kinney from USA got a five Oh seven and a half edging out in fourth Molina, uh, for Great Britain, who got a five Oh five and it was pretty closely contested behind her was another five Oh five, but Fellas, what were your thoughts on the 84s, Agate, and what we saw? Whoever wants to talk. Uh, sure, I'll go. I mean, um, when I saw uh, Agatha wasn't cutting, I thought maybe she walks around heavier. But yeah, 77.85 is pretty light. So she was like right there to make the 76 whenever she wants. And um, she could have totaled more like her ben on her bench. She opens up at 138, the world record, jumps to 147.5, and then jumps to 156. Like those are big jumps for bench. So she could have done... 150.5 or maybe 152.5 and hit like a pr total got like you know 587.5 or like that but she wanted to go for 156 i'm not sure if there's a special significance to that or not um and then she closed out with uh some continental records on the deadlift and did great on the delve so great day for her um and then with uh jessica kinney was the other one that weighed in light because she won nationals at the 76 and she decided to go up to 84s for like easier placing and probably not cutting weight and so it's good that she was able to uh even though she missed her third squat and then she was able to execute on deadlift and get that bronze medal in that battle because fourth and fifth were at four uh, five oh five so two and a half kilos away and then at six and tara jackson from usa as well was at 497 and she was trying to pull to get into the bronze medal she was trying to pull to get to 510 so it was definitely a close battle uh, for that bronze medal position when you got sixth place pulling for bronze that's close all the way through like that's a tough battle when sixth place is still in the hunt to pull for something um and yeah agatha also it should be noted team poland starting to take chips now and that was something that i was like man you guys gotta start taking chips if they're available <laughs> in their world records especially when the battles is close now they could have used chips with their battling Jess. Now there's nobody around that they're taking chips. I don't totally understand it, but at least they're acknowledging there's chips around and we're, we're back on track. Um, so it is what it is. And uh, in the 84 pluses, um, Mahela Reeves of US winning with a 494.5 monster fucking bench press, a 152 kilo opening bench 
hit 164.5 in her third after missing it on her second. Absolute monster bench presser. Big squat too, 230 kilos um, and a decent dead. But that that bench press, oh my freaking goodness. And she's young too, born in 2003. So she's a very young junior who's going to be around for years to come um, and had a you know over 100, 130 kilos on the next competitor, uh, Regina Mayer from Kazakhstan. And then uh, Leah Gregory of Canada taking the bronze medal. Um, Arian, you're familiar with this young lady? I'm sure we've all been familiar. We've seen this bench monster coming for a little while. Yeah, she's from Florida, and she used to, oh, or still right? does. Oh, yeah, she competes in Florida high school uh, weightlifting, and uh, that's where people would see her bench records. Was like you know the high school meet, and just see like her coach like you know uh, giving her the handoff, and she'd bench you know whatever record, and then you know, like she's celebrating everything. And was like, who is this lady? And then next thing you know, she finds her way to USAPL and does our local Florida meets, and then goes to nationals, and she won the sub junior spot in 2019, and she was supposed to go to Worlds in 2020. And unfortunately, COVID hits, all the worlds get canceled, so she misses out on it. And I believe after that, she kind of took some time away from powerlifting as well. Like, you know, maybe they weren't training as a group anymore. There was no more worlds, this and that. And so she kind of took some time off. So she's done in 2019, 612.5, and she benched 167.5. So she had a bigger total and bigger bench back then, but she took some time off. And then now rebuilding, decided to come back. So now she gets to go for junior. She missed out on her chance as a sub-junior, but still ridiculous that she opens up with the junior world record bench on her opener, misses the uh, open world record bench on her second. I'm not sure what happened, but came back and got on her third. It looked like she had a little bit more in the tank as well. So it's crazy to see her. It kind of reminds me of one of my lifters. I used to have Leanne Hewitt was also in Florida. As a sub-junior, she broke the open world record Delif in the 84 plus. So now you have Mahalia, who was a sub-junior, just Asian to juniors, breaking the open world record bench press as a junior. So it's ridiculous what kind of talent's out there. I remember her. I think she was in 2016 Worlds, wasn't she? For um, uh, who who for, I think not who who's the previous lifter you said again? Freak for for Leanne Hewitt. Yeah, I believe yeah, she Leanne was, Hewitt was there. I think. Yeah, she's done a number of them. She did the clean. She did equipped as well. Won that one. She did uh, Calgary. Won the juniors. Um, but then once when school came around, like a lot of kids, you know, just kind of uh, go to studying and kind of leave uh, powerfully behind. It is what it is. But yeah. Um, and in terms of the best lifters, Agatha Shipko taking it uh, the first place in Canada's O'Reilly uh, win, taking second, and then Laura Motelin from France, the 76, taking the uh, bronze, well, or third place, you don't get gold, silver, bronze, and the best lifters. And then team points, France taking first, Italy taking second, Canada taking third, in U.S., I'm a little bit shocked. U.S. coming in at six for the women's. Well, so what are you guys thinking that's happening here? Are you guys shocked that U.S. came in six for the women's? I'm not shocked. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that could affect a lot of teams. Like with just with the pandemic, a lot of people left and new people coming in. So all the teams got kind of shaken up. But then with the U.S. with USAPL leaving, new federation comes. There's a split. People are trying to figure out where to go. Some of the people didn't come over. So you know, maybe even in the open, a lot of lifters didn't come. So some of the lifters did come. And so for these other teams, you know, some of the lifters do come, some of them don't. And so you don't have as as much depth in all these age divisions, raw, equipped, and bench only, and three lift and all that stuff like that so uh us didn't have i believe a uh, a full team i'm trying to look here real quick how many we had so that's why they you know doubled up in the 84s and stuff like that to try and get more points but 
But Team France, fuck, man, they're coming hard, especially in the women's, not just in the open, but they're coming hard in the juniors too. And they got some freaking stars on the rise. Um, it's impressive. And it could have been. Think about if Jad hadn't have been injured. That just been more team points as well. I mean, you already won, so it is what it is. But I don't know, man. It's a, it's an indication of the future. Definitely in women's powerlifting. This is France's era. And, and we'll see what they take with it. Yeah, the, the other thing I want to mention too, uh, you kind of went quick through the 47s and I had to go and look it up actually. But I noticed now with uh, Aureli Wynn, she got second best lifter. Um, so mm-hmm. that's pretty high up there, beating out Laura and just being a few points behind Agata. And her total actually would have gotten bronze in South Africa. So Canada has Simone Lai, who did get bronze behind Tiff and Heather. And now you also have Aureli, who totals more than Simone Lai, who could also get bronze. So uh, Canada's got a couple shooters out there too and some uh, some depth in the 47s behind the, the big two. It's going to be interesting at Canadian Nationals. Who's going to represent us at Open Worlds? Because what if, uh, yeah, Simone Lai has been like our girl who just goes to Worlds. Let's see. Now she's got a, she's got a threat back home. It yeah, is and, and, is. And, and she weighed in 45.45, so she has room to grow. She's a young lifter, can continue pumping up her toll. Maybe she'll be the next one to hit a 400 kilo total. And, uh, well, probably. I mean, she's a junior who's underweight she puts on and she's got like a world record deadlift which always helps but if, if she finds herself in the battle she's probably going to pull last which is a really good you know a little it's a good weapon to have when you're going into these battles all right fellas does that pretty much wrap up the women's uh yeah i mean i was gonna say just i'm looking at two real just a quick point it's cool to see that there was 29 teams for the junior women there's 29 nations so that's a lot of nation that showed up to the junior world so like a lot of people focus on the open but now the juniors are getting depth who knows when the sub juniors are getting depth and as you had mentioned throughout the podcast there's all these other countries you may not know of so like you know lebanon was there and they scored points i'm seeing here tunisia argentina um mexico you had mentioned so just interesting the new nations that are coming on and depth coming into these uh, other age divisions dude we got mexican world champions like this let's some of these nations are actually full on winning world titles now as juniors. This is where it starts as juniors. And then later on in the open, these same nations start coming up. Um, yeah, man, we'll see what happened. It's growing. It is what it is. But anyways, everybody listening, whatever, wherever you're listening, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings. It helps us out and post up on your Instagram. We will repost if you're listening from six pack Lapidette in the crew six up and we are out. Okay, sorry. So we were just saying, you're going, I need to get an insane report, performance so I can get on as a guest of King of the Lifts, not be co-hosting. I was going to say, dog, you're fucking, you're at World Championships commentating. You're on King of the Lifts co-hosting. You're like, what am I, fucking retired? What is going on here? What, I'm 24. What am oh, I moving into? feels like, bro. What am I moving into my second career? He's like, Dan- Daniel, he's like Daniel Cormier, man. He's done. I know. He's like, I'm Daniel Cormier? That was I'm fucking, what am I co-hosting now? I should be a guest. What is happening right now? Uh, be- be- before you guys uh, talk more about Agata, I just want to say as far as uh, Laura with the 76s, I kind of saw the same thing on the live stream was like, um, 
it seemed like she was really chill going out there and she was like almost like calm in the crowd too like yo don't worry i got this yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that and she she didn't break form at all until that final della where she like slipped or whatever like that and then she did like the shake it's like that's like the finally when she like finally like chilled out like oh, okay i'm done i can like back to have fun so yeah it was definitely interesting even watching that from the live stream uh, and then like like gavin said like she may have to just you know learn from this experience too and see what she has to do going forward. One thing potentially, I don't know her, but I'm just looking at her open IPF is it could be a body weight thing. Like her her first meet that's listed here, 2021 in May, she weighed in at 76.3. So she was like a light 84 back then. And then along the way, she has weighed in at different body weights. Like she got down to 74, then she was back up to 75. Uh, and then this one, she weighed in 74.9. So I don't know if maybe mm. she... Maybe she cut a little bit too much or something like that. Or maybe she was just cutting along the way. Maybe she wants to walk around light and maybe that affected the bench a little bit or something like that. So that could potentially be something that she needs to, uh, or maybe they need to figure out like, you know, what body weight do they want to walk at, walk in at, uh, do they want to cut and stuff like that. Um, but still she did 537.5 in May and now she's up to 555.5 and that would have placed bronze in South Africa. So um, going forward, we'll, we'll see what she can continue to improve on and get closer and closer to the, the, the big names that you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like she, yeah, bronze in the open, like she's, she's still like a extremely competitive with this, but she has potential to do more and she's going to have to do more. Um, because Carlina is going to join the pack and Carlina is total five ninety, and she pulled her last deadlift to hit 600 as a 76 Carlina's look at, we're talking about Car what Agatha was saying. Carlene is saying, I'm going to do the Commonwealth Championships before the end of the year. So when those girls go to Sheffield, we're, we're assuming Agatha gets a wild card. When they go to Sheffield, they're going to deal with my world record. I'm going to put the world record to like 600 kilo and nobody's breaking a world record at Sheffield. It's going to be me. And I might not be there, but you will say my name because it'll be my world record you're chasing. And it's like, she's ice cold too, baby. She's ice cold too, doggy. These girls are competitive, man. You throw Laura in the mix with these girls, these confident young ladies, and you throw a girl like Laura in there who's like as confident as she is, fucking the 76s in 2023 is going to be amazing. I can't imagine what the world champ. We thought it was good this year. The next year's world is going to be freaking, it's going to be crazy. Um, anyways, should we, any, uh, anything else we should toss in there for the 76ers? Or do you think we're good to move on? No, I think we covered everything. Well, speaking of Agatha, um, she showed up. She, she was slightly injured. Wasn't sure she'd be able to lift. Had a, a face off with Gavin. And, um, and we, we were taking pics. She told us she did, was here to have fun, more or less. Um, she ended up, and you know what's fun for her is breaking world records. So she broke a couple world records in the bench press, missed her third bench, but broke world records in her opener and her second. Ended off with a 582.5, which for her now, apparently, is a so-so day. Even though 585 0.5 won the world championships in the greatest battle we'd seen. She only weighed in a 77.85. So she was an 84, but she was really a 76. She was a, a small water cut away. So thinking her having fun now is 582 and a half. A couple months ago, 585 was the craziest battle we'd ever seen in 76. And Jess was pushed to the brink for 585.5. A couple months later, Agatha is so progressing so quickly, just two and a half kilo below 582 and a half is that's fine. Yeah. Let's go in here. Let's, let's, let's have a little, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not that happy with it. 
that's where her standards are now. That's already in her rear view. This is, this is lightweight shit now. So it'll be interesting to see. And again, Carlina's already hit 590. And she's she's ice cold and she's coming. So we'll see what happens, man. What do you, were you guys thinking in terms of, I didn't call this session. Um, so what were you guys' thoughts? I'll also round it off. Uh, list us from Ireland, got a 515. And Jessica Kinney from USA got a 507 and a half. Edging out in fourth, Melina uh, for Great Britain, who got a 505. And it was pretty closely contested behind her. It was another 505, but... Fellas, what were your thoughts on the 84s, Agate, and what we saw? Whoever wants to talk. Uh, sure, I'll go. I mean, um, when I saw uh, Agatha wasn't cutting, I thought maybe she walks around heavier. But yeah, 77.85 is pretty light. So she was like right there to make the 76 whenever she wants. And um, she could have totaled more like her ben on her bench. She opens up at 138, the world record, jumps to 147.5, and then jumps to 156. Like those are big jumps for bench. So she could have done... 150.5 or maybe 152.5 and hit like a pr total got like you know 587.5 or like that but she wanted to go for 156 i'm not sure if there's a special significance to that or not um and then she closed out with uh some continental records on the deadlift and did great on the delve so great day for her um and then with uh jessica kinney was the other one that weighed in light because she won nationals at the 76 and she decided to go up to 84s for like easier placing and probably not cutting weight and so it's good that she was able to uh even though she missed her third squat and bench she was able to execute on deadlift and get that bronze medal in that battle because fourth and fifth were at four uh, five oh five so two and a half kills away and then at six antara jackson from usa as well was at 497 and she was trying to pull to get into the bronze medal. She was trying to pull to get to 510. So it was definitely a close battle uh, for that bronze medal position. When you got sixth place pulling for bronze, that's close all the way through. Like that's a tough battle and sixth place is still in the hunt to pull for something. Um, and yeah, Agatha also, it should be noted, Team Poland's starting to take chips now. And that was something that I was like, man, you guys got to start taking chips if they're available <laughs> in their world records, especially when the battles is close. Now they could have used chips with their battling Jess. Now there's nobody around that they're taking chips. I don't totally understand it, but at least they're acknowledging there's chips around and we're, we're back on track. Um, so it is what it is. And uh, in the 84 pluses, um, Mahela Reeves of US winning with a 494.5 monster fucking bench press, a 152 kilo opening bench. Hit 164.5 in her third after missing it on her second. Absolute monster bench presser. Big squat to 230 kilos um, and a decent dead. But that that bench press, oh my freaking goodness. And she's young too. Born in 2003. So she's a very young junior who's going to be around for years to come. Um, and had a you know over 100, 130 kilos on the next competitor, uh, Regina Mayer from Kazakhstan. And then uh leah gregory of canada taking the bronze medal um erin you familiar with this young lady i'm sure we've all been familiar we've seen this bench monster coming for a little while yeah she's from florida and she used to oh, or still right? does oh, yeah she competes in florida high school uh weightlifting and uh that's where people would see her bench records it was like you know the high school meet and just see like her coach like you know uh giving her the handoff and she'd bench you know whatever record and then you know, like she's celebrating everything and was like who is this lady and then next thing you know she finds her way to usapl and does our local florida meets and then goes to nationals and she won the sub junior spot in 2019 and she was supposed to go to worlds in 2020 
and unfortunately COVID hits, all the worlds get canceled, so she misses out on it. And I believe after that, she kind of took some time away from powerlifting as well. Like, you know, maybe they weren't training as a group anymore. There was no more worlds, this and that. And so she kind of took some time off. So she's done in 2019, 612.5, and she benched 167.5. So she had a bigger total and bigger bench back then, but she took some time off and then now rebuilding, decided to come back. So now she gets to go for junior. She missed out on her chance as a sub junior, but still ridiculous that she opens up with the junior world record bench on her opener, misses the uh, open world record bench on her second. I'm not sure what happened, but came back and got on her third. It looked like she had a little bit more in the tank as well. So it's crazy to see her. It kind of reminds me of one of my lifters. I used to have Leanne Hewitt was also in Florida. As a sub-junior, she broke the open world record Delif in the 84 plus. So now you have Mahalia, who was a sub-junior, just Asian to juniors, breaking the open world record bench press as a junior. So it's ridiculous what kind of talent's out there. I remember her. I think she was in 2016 Worlds, wasn't she? For um, uh, who who for, I think not who who's the previous lifter you said again? Freak for for Leanne Hewitt. Yeah, I believe yeah, she Leanne was, Hewitt was there. I think. Yeah, she's done a number of them. She did Colleen. She did Equipped as well. Won that one. She did uh, Calgary. Won the juniors. Um, but then once when school came around, like a lot of kids, you know, just kind of uh, go to studying and kind of leave uh, powerfully behind. It is what it is. But yeah. Um, and in terms of the best lifters, Agatha Shitko taking it uh, the first place in Canada's O'Reilly uh, win, taking second, and then Laura Motelin from France, the 76, taking the uh, bronze, well, or third place, you don't get gold, silver, bronze, and the best lifters. And then team points, France taking first, Italy taking second, Canada taking third, in U.S., I'm a little bit shocked. U.S. coming in at six for the women's. Well, so what are you guys thinking that's happening here? Are you guys shocked that U.S. came in six for the women's? I'm not shocked. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that could affect a lot of teams. Like with just with the pandemic, a lot of people left and new people coming in. So all the teams got kind of shaken up. But then with the U.S., with USAPL leaving, new federation comes, there's a split. People are trying to figure out where to go. Some of the people didn't come over. So, you know, maybe even in the open, a lot of lifters didn't come. So some of the lifters did come. And so for these other teams, you know, some of the lifters do come, some of them don't. And so you don't have as as much depth in all these age divisions, raw, equipped, and bench only, and three lifters and all that stuff like that so uh us didn't have i believe a uh, a full team i'm trying to look here real quick how many we had so that's why they you know doubled up in the 84s and stuff like that to try and get more points but but team france fuck man they're coming hard especially in the women's not just in the open but they're coming hard in the juniors too and they got some freaking stars on the rise um it's impressive and it could have been think about if jad hadn't have been injured that just been more team points as well. I mean, you already won, so it is what it is. But I don't know, man. It's a it's an indication of the future. Definitely in women's powerlifting. This is France's era, and and we'll see what they take with it. Yeah. The the other thing I want to mention too. Uh, you kind of went quick through the forty sevens, and I had to go and look it up actually. But I noticed now with the uh, Aureli win. She got second best lifter, um, so mm -hmm. that's pretty high up there, beating out Laura and just being a few points behind Agata. And her total actually would have gotten bronze in South Africa. So Canada has Simone Lai, who did get bronze behind Tiff and Heather. And now you also have Aureli, who totals more than Simone Lai, who could also get bronze. So uh, Canada's got a couple shooters out there too and some uh, some depth in the 47s behind the, the big two. It's going to be interesting at Canadian Nationals. Who's going to represent us at Open Worlds? 
Because what if, uh, yeah, Simone Lai has been like our girl who just goes the worlds. Let's see. Now she's got so, she's got a threat back home. It yeah, and and, and and she weighed in 45.45, so she has room to grow. She's a young lifter, can continue pumping up her toll. Maybe she'll be the next one to hit a 400 kilo total. And, uh, well, probably. I mean, she's a junior who's underweight. She puts on, and she's got like a world record deadlift, which always helps. But if, if she finds herself in the battle, she's probably going to pull last, which is a really good, you know, a little, it's a good weapon to have when you're going into these battles. All right, fellas, does that pretty much wrap up the women's? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to say just I'm looking at it too, real just a quick point. It's cool to see that there was 29 teams for the junior women. There's 29 nations. So that's a lot of nation that showed up to the junior world. So like a lot of people focus on the open, but now the juniors are getting depth. Who knows when the sub juniors are getting depth. And as you had mentioned throughout the podcast, there's all these other countries you may not know of. So like, you know, Lebanon was there and they scored points. I'm seeing here Tunisia, Argentina, um, Mexico, you had mentioned. So just interesting, the new nations that are coming on and depth coming into these uh, other age divisions. Dude, we got Mexican world champions. Like this, this, some of these nations are actually full on winning world titles now as juniors. This is where it starts as juniors. And then later on the open, these same nations start coming up. Um, yeah, man, we'll see what happened. It's growing. It is what it is. But anyways, everybody listening, whatever, wherever you're listening, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings. It helps us out. And post up on your Instagram. We will repost if you're listening. From Six Pack Lapidette in the crew, six up, and we are out.